0: This segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Two Under, men's performance briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour, worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, and that's a whole nother story. And your girlfriend and or wife is going to love the side effects, a visually enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact, providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round, Two Under, by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market and use coupon code ONTHET20 to save 20% off your order at TwoUnder.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. All right. Now back with me is another wonderful friend of the show and has been so for several years. And that's the chairman and CEO of Fairball Will & Mill Company, Paul Grangard. And Paul has uh, been uh, just fantastic over the years. We've gotten to know him from his time as CEO of the Allen Edmonds Shoe Company and now over at Fairball Will & Mill. And And I'm telling you, folks, Paul is doing some great stuff as CEO over there. If you're not familiar with uh, Fairball, Will & Mill, go check them out online. They've got wonderful blankets and scarves and wool accessories. They're doing another great thing, pairing up with the Minnesota Twins to do some great stuff for our Brave Hospital personnel folks up there in Minnesota. We're going to hear that story in just a minute, but uh, glad to have Paul back as, uh, as part of the show again. Hey, Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. Tell me about good. what's going me, on with you. What's what, How are things in Minnesota?
1: Well, first, I got to say uh, happy birthday. I'm glad I listened in to Jim and found out it was your birthday this weekend. <laughs> I hope it was a good one.
0: It certainly was. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it.
1: Good. Things in Minnesota are, uh, you know, like everywhere in the country, they're strange. And. It's, you know, it's been going on now for more than a month and yet it's very hard to get used to. It's, uh, weird to do your whole job almost entirely you know, on a computer and a telephone, especially for people like you and people like our team. I mean, we're very, uh, much focused on teamwork and, and interpersonal interaction. And so it's just uh, strange to be doing that on a uh, phone and, and email, but we're also learning new things i never heard of Zoom until a month ago and now all of a sudden I'm using <laughs> Zoom a couple of times a week, maybe three or four times a week. So you know, we're adapting.
0: And and Paul, as I as I talked about at the very top of the show and, and alluded to a moment ago, you guys have partnered with the Minnesota Twins to do something really spectacular for uh for our hospital heroes up in the in the Minnesota area. Talk about what you guys have partnered up to do
1: yeah thanks for asking about that. You know it's uh the famous old adage uh necessity is the mother of invention uh really comes to into play here we uh we do a little bit of sewing of the edges of our blankets. We don't have a huge sewing operation. We're not like a garment company or something like that and yet uh one of our Star players on our team is very close to the family that owns the Minnesota Twins and the Minnesota Twins management, and she got a call saying, Could Ferbo will and Mill partner with us to turn last year's Homer hankies into uh COVID nineteen face masks? And um our team member called me and I said, You know, I'm not sure we can figure out how to do that, but it turns out we're partnering with another company, Twin Cities called Love Your Melon, which does have a lot more sewing capacity, and they had already designed a mask that, you know, they're not hard to design. You can see this all over the web, but we hadn't really looked at it at our shop. We're busy making blankets for the military, which we'll talk about in a minute, but um, they showed us what they were doing, and it was an ingenious idea. They came up with the hospital system here where they take surgical uh, coating that kind of it's like, almost like a, a thin uh, polypropylene cloth that they put over people while they're having surgery to keep, keep it sanitized all around them. And since there's so many fewer surgeries going on right now, especially elective surgeries, uh, they have a lot of that kind of cloth. They're short on masks, they're short on gowns, but they've got a ton of the surgical cloth. So the combination of uh, last year's Homer Hanky, which was only used at one game because we lost to the Yankees in three quick games last year in the playoffs. So they had a lot of these Homer Hankies left, several tons of thousands. Um, we're converting them on the outside and then on the inside, we put this surgical, uh, dra- drape, drapery, uh, both cut to the same size and you, you put the elastic straps in it so you can hook it around your ears and all of a sudden you've got a, a a mask. It's not something you'd wear if you were interacting with a COVID patient, but it's something you could put on. Um, uh, you wouldn't wear it alone with a COVID patient. You could put it over an N95 mask and have that then be the mask that you take off when you leave the room and throw away, and you could then keep your N95 mask for uh, longer during the day and not run out of them with the shortage in the N95 mask. So, or you could use this mask in other less, uh, viral settings than COVID 19. And it's a great mask also for our, um, grocery store people. People are, you know, the front lines are, are there are a lot of people on the front lines, nurses, doctors, EMTs, people who work in hospitals and almost any function. But there are also people in grocery stores getting food to us who are also on the front lines. And, uh, and one of the big grocery store chains here in town sponsored the Homer Hankies originally, and their people were going to get a shipment of masks, uh, but it was rerouted by FEMA to a place that needed them more—a hospital somewhere in the country—and as a result, uh, the grocery store wasn't going to have them. So we're going to make these masks for grocery store people as well as for uh, healthcare workers and, uh, and and those who keep the hospitals going. We have this young woman who majored in art and design and loves fabrics and sewing. She runs our our sewing area, and she said, I'd love to do that. So she started making the mask, and then we brought a couple of our people who work in retail stores who are not able to do their jobs right now, and they know how to sew. And we uh, sent out the word to people in the town of Faribault and nearby places, and all of a sudden, we've got 10 people making masks, and we're hoping to double that pretty quickly so we can get to the 10,000. We're doing five, and Love Your Melons doing the other 5,000 masks for the twins to distribute to hospitals and grocery store workers.
0: So is it going to be anything beyond that? Is this a sort of a one-time thing based on the Homer hankies, or it doesn't seem like you know the need for social distancing and the need for wearing masks is going to go away anytime soon? Might this be something you guys continue?
1: Yes, it definitely will. We're lear- we've learned how to do it now. The mask design that we have is, is a very good one. As I mentioned, it was, uh, the design really comes out of a hospital uh, organization here who helped um, our partners figure out how to do it, and then they taught us how to do it. We've already had other hospitals call us and say, "Could you make some for us?" And, and I, you know, I think the world has changed now. Uh, I've been to Asia on business and seeing young girls in Tokyo, Japan, walk across the street on their way to school in their uniforms, wearing masks, and, you know, it's just much more common in, in Asia than it, is, it has ever been in the United States. But I, I think we're going to all start wearing masks, particularly when we're in close quarters on airplanes or any other kind of closed environment. And I think it's going to last for quite a while, even potentially past the vaccine, which we all know is... Not likely to be found in the next couple of months so we think this is going to be something that we can serve uh, another way we can serve our community during this really tough time is by continuing to make masks and we plan to do that.
0: And Paul you guys also make scarves, beautiful looking scarves. Could they go in conjunction with the mask so the you know scarves not just necessarily around the neck kind of go around the, the bottom part of the face and and what you're what you're doing there? Can those two things go in conjunction with one another?
1: Well, that's actually something that uh, we're going to look at. Uh, a friend of mine is the chief operating operating officer. He's actually one of our board members of a pretty well known company called Duluth Trading Company, and he was saying that they typically, up until two weeks ago. Uh, when the CDC said that maybe masks are actually a good idea after all, like said up to two weeks ago they sold gaiters, you know, those neck gaiters that people wear when they're skiing and uh, outdoor in cold weather. They would sell 600 a week. And as of uh, two weeks ago, they're now selling 6000 a day, and they've run out of them. Wow. so So, um, you know, how people do their covering is going to be a, a point of style. It's almost going to be like, you know, scarves, in general, for women, not just cold weather scarves, but you know the kind of scarves people wear in the summer and and uh, act as an accessory. And then uh, neckties for men. You know, what colors do you want in it? How do you want to uh, accent what else you're wearing? I I think that you'll we'll see a lot of creativity with face masks and gaiters and other things. We don't make scarves with elastic in them, <laughs> so you need something that holds it tight against cheeks. Otherwise, it's just a uh, you know, it's a mouth covering, but doesn't really deal with the issue of particles in the air. So you want, to, we're going to put um, metal strips on the outside of the mask so that people can bend this, the metal strips to form to the bridge of their nose, like a, you know, a breathe right or some kind of thing like that, that you see pro athletes wear and people wear when they have colds. So we're going to have something like that on our mask. We don't have them yet because we haven't been able to get the nose pieces in, but ultimately we'll have those for a little better fit on these things. I know what that I know what it's like to wear glasses with one of these masks without a nose piece and the hot air just goes right up and fucks up your glasses. So you,
0: <laughs> you gotta have something <laughs> to to tighten it up. You mentioned a moment ago about the blankets that you guys do for the military. You've got foot soldier military wool blankets and throws and uh, you do a lot with, uh, with the military. You know what, how that is, uh, very near and dear to my heart. Talk about the things that you are doing from a blanket perspective that, uh, goes in conjunction with our friends in the military.
1: Well, a lot of the servicemen and women who listen to your show are very familiar with our blankets. We do, every cadet who goes to West Point gets a West Point blanket made by Faribault Woolen Mill, a beautiful gray blanket with a, gold stripe on it and a black stripe on it uh and uh we sell a version of that the army doesn't want us to sell the exact same one but we sell one that's pretty close on our website and then we make green uh woolen blankets for the army and uh sell to them and they outfit uh Soldiers all around the world with those blankets for keeping them warm, and and we also sell them to the Navy with a big U.S. emblazoned on them. It's stenciled on; it's not woven in, but it's stenciled on, and those are sent to the Navy, and the Navy distributes them, then distributes them, then to the Coast Guard and the Marines as well. So I don't know what happened to the Air Force, but we we make uh, blankets (laughs) for. Every branch of the military except those who fly in the air. Maybe they don't need blankets up there. I'm not, uh, uh, we'll see. But, of course, there are Navy pilots who sleep under them. So, anyway, we've been doing that since before World War One. The uh, West Point blankets go all the way back to the early 1900s. So, if you look at pictures of General Pershing, I think you can see uh, our blanket underneath the saddle of one of his... Uh, famous pictures of him standing with his boots next to the horse out in the Presidio and my daughter got married uh, in San Francisco and we stayed at the Presidio for uh, a real lifetime experience and there were pictures of General Pershing all over the place and uh, I think I saw one there. Anyway, it's we've been doing it for a long, long time. We often have people who are out of the uh, Army now come in and, and want to buy the West Point Blanket in particular at, uh, as a gift or at, uh, buy another one for the house so it's something we're very proud of we got a letter about four weeks ago now right as everybody was starting to shut down and we were wondering if we were going to have to shut our plant and <laughs> what we were going to do if we had to and uh, we were w- talking about it among our leadership team and all of a sudden the letter arrives from the undersecretary of defense uh, telling us that we are critical and essential because we are part of the supply chain for the military and we are, you know, serving our men and women in uniform. So um, we'll do about 50,000 blankets this year for the military. There are other suppliers who also do them, but uh, not to West Point. And um, the, the other suppliers, a couple of them are shut down. So we're doing more this year than we ever have before, at least in recent memory. So it's, uh, it's, you know, makes our employees feel really good. You know, when you're doing something for people who sacrifice the way our military people do and you bring a little home to them, it, it's a great feeling for our people as well. They feel like they're serving the old, the old line from World War II. They also serve who sit and wait. And I think our people feel like, you know, we also serve who make great blankets for people.
0: Talk about the rest of of the products that you guys have available, because it's not all just for the military. I mean, you have beautiful wool blankets and and all the standard sizes. Talk about that as well.
1: Yeah, the company's been around since 1865, so 155-year history. We're right on this beautiful waterfall in the Cannon River. Our plant has been added out to about four different times since the late 1800s when the company moved into this building first building in that area. And um, we, one time, many years ago, sold a third of the blankets that were bought in the United States in a given year. So we've been around for a long time. The company's been through some classic American manufacturing hardships. It was shut down for two years. And uh, the looms and other weaving equipment were sort of mothballed and were almost about to be packaged up and sold to Asia, where most of the production has gone over the last 30, 30 years in in this industry. And instead, a family here in the Twin Cities decided to buy the mill and reopen it. The Moody family, which is a terrific family who care deeply about this state and, and uh, this country. They're very patriotic folks, and uh, they wanted to keep that mill, get that mill back up and running. So we make uh, blankets for... Lakeshore, seashore, summer activities, we make blankets for, for just any size, twin size, queen size, king size bed with beautiful blanket, um, for at home. Our big thrust strategically is become better at and, uh, try to really grow our business for the home decor market for the, the blankets that you you know, you have down in the basement or in your TV room, if you don't have a basement, wherever that is, and on a sofa that uh, on a Saturday afternoon, maybe watching college football, you wrap around you. Uh, we do blankets for, speaking of college football, we do blankets for universities with their emblems on it. That, that's one of the most fun things we do, stadium blankets. Um, so we, we, basically, anything that you put over your body to keep yourself warm and cozy, we do that. We do do scarves. We do... Capes for women, shawls. We've got a lot of new products coming out for fall. We're completely redoing the product line when it comes to scarves and shawls and capes for this fall and for holiday season. Um, I, uh, I, I brought a, a, a desire to the company of really spreading our wings more. We have such a great brand name and so many great fans out there, but, um, we haven't given them enough, uh, reason to be, close to us. Uh, we need to give them more products that they can buy because, you know, you might buy a home decor blanket for, and change it up season by season, uh, but the bank blankets you sleep under, you might buy every 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, a lot of people inherit them from their parents. So uh, we need something that to keep this company going. We need things that people buy more often and give as gifts and things like that.
0: Paul, I've been a a fan of of the accessories at pretty much every place that you've been. And you've got some nice accessories available online right now. You've got some coffee sleeves and some wine bags and coasters and and keychains and things of that nature. Talk about those.
1: Well, you know, one of our best-selling items actually is a uh, coffee cozy because people want something that's a little classier than than faux rubber to, uh, put around a coffee cup or a beer can. So, uh, those are extremely popular. And one, one thing we're going to bring back out this fall that we're, uh, really excited about is a, a tote bag that's the leather on the inside or canvas on the inside and then with a, a, a beautiful wool fabric around it on the outside, leather straps. This whole COVID crisis, I think, has taught us that we really do need to pay more attention to how we're interacting with nature, and, and I think uh, plastic or papers is going to be less and less what people do at the grocery store. I think more and more it's going to be bringing your own bag of some kind and something that's kind of sturdy and, and looks nice, like one of these would be a, a great way to solve the what do I carry my groceries out in kind of question, or, you know, pack up towels and Beach toys for taking the family to the beach or anything like that. So uh, we're gonna do a lot of those kinds of accessories for the fall as well. And uh, we're also doing apparel. Um, you know, this reason how I got into this business was I merged a startup company that that we had going on for a couple of years in in men's apparel into the and Mill Company at the uh, really the request of the main moody family member who was uh, leading the investment and my team came with me and we we developed men's apparel that's made in some of the great plants in other parts of the country um, like Hickey Freeman in uh, Rochester, New York and and some uh, Southwick in Massachusetts, Haverhill, Massachusetts. So we are uh, Haverhill, I think we say. I can't remember exactly how they say it, but uh, uh, we're bringing that Capability and marrying it with the ability to make woolen fabrics, and the combination of the two will be a real powerful and unique made you know, the u s a offering now know what drives me in this say I've been a lucky guy I, I could retire now if I wanted to I'm in my early sixties, but um these jobs are really important to the communities, whether it's our plant or the plants of of some of our other suppliers in in these towns and and uh, I really want to help keep them going uh, and at the same time show. American customers, that Made in America still stands for incredible quality and um, great craftsmanship. So I've learned that if you do things for for the right reasons, and the right reasons usually have to do with thrilling people, both customers and employees, the financials ultimately take care of themselves. So we're really focused on uh, thrilling our customers and adding to our employment and, and making our employees really glad that we're still working away here on Made in USA.
0: And that's the last point I'd like to get to uh, before I let you go is everywhere sure. you've been, one of the big pillars of what, you, what you've what you left behind and the things that you have stood for has been to keep the jobs here in America. Just talk about that, why that's been so important to you over the course of your career.
1: Well, I just felt like uh, in the 70s onward, you know, and yet until today, we've just been too willing to let our manufacturing base go overseas it's not that i'm against uh free trade i'm very much in favor of free trade i understand we have a global economy now but uh um, you know the worst thing that ever uh, happened to me when i played baseball as a kid i loved baseball and you'd show up and for some reason you teamed in Get to play because somebody forfeited either your side or the other side because they didn't have enough players. We, we've been forfeiting manufacturing in this country at several levels, and it's an industrial policy issue uh, at our national government, but it's also a question of just will and um, and willingness to uh, to. Stay committed to these jobs and to these people, and you know, not everybody can program computers or wants to for a living. And we certainly don't want everybody flipping hamburgers for a living either. Not that you know, working in restaurants. We're learning right now with the COVID crisis how extremely important the restaurant industry is to employment in this country. But uh, you know, manufacturing is a very important part of any economy, and we've let too much of it go away from us. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I uh, I just Sometimes feel like things that that are in decline are in decline more because of the lack of creativity than because that's what really ought to happen. It's it's not a natural law. So at Allen Edmonds, we've literally uh, tripled our American customer base in the ni- or uh, employment base in the nine years that I worked there. And uh, that was, you know, 600 new American jobs that were created uh, off of a base of about 300. And that was the most uh, rewarding thing I'd ever done in my life. And uh, i just like to continue doing that here at Faribault. Well, Faribault is a gorgeous town. It's got a whole bunch of buildings on the National Register of Historic Places, about 25,000 people an hour south of, mm-hmm. of the south edge of the Minneapolis city limits and as I mentioned, it's on actually two rivers. There's a famous school there where Sidney Crosby uh went to high school to learn to play hockey. It's called Shattuck Saint Mary's. Zach Parisi went and played hockey there too. A bunch of NHL players have gone through Shaq and uh that's an old school that that converted from a military academy into an academy that just wanted to have excellence in the in you know, three or four different pursuits that they knew would be important to young people who might be one the go to southern minnesota for school and hockey was of course number one and they're in tennis now and golf and uh, acting and music as other things that kids go to so it's a great town and these are really important jobs in the town they're really proud of the company obviously it bears the name of the town and, and they want to cheer us on and so it's fun really fun to, and, and just gratifying to make a difference like that
0: well paul let our listeners know how can they uh how can they shop and see all the all the great products that you guys have available online and how can they follow you and, and the company on social media as well?
1: Yeah, we're on all the social media sites. Uh the company is spelled F A R I B A U L T Faribo Mill. So it's Faribo Mill dot com and uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Faribo Woolen Mill. You can find it and uh Please check us out. We, we've we got 20% off for people who sign up uh for their first order. And, you know, this, as I mentioned, we're on a huge new product development kick for this year. And there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming out. We have some terrific blankets coming up for Mother's Day, which was a great Mother's Day gift. So, um, yeah, please, FaribaultMill.com. And, Chris, you're great. We uh, really appreciate the chance to be on your show. Thank you very much.
0: Absolutely, Paul. You've been one of my favorites over the years. I can't thank you enough for your support and coming back. Best of luck with everything. Stay safe and uh, and healthy. And I hope you'll come back and update us as uh, as new product lines become available and new things are out there. I hope you'll come back and talk about it.
1: We'd love to. I'd love to do that. Thank you. And you too. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your
0: hands. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Take yeah. care, my friend. All right. Thanks, my friend. Bye-bye. See ya. So that's the, the the great Paul Grandguard and again, Fairballmill.com, the site and the company, and, and he's been doing great things. And it, it's been an honor to to know Paul over the years, get to know him better and better. And like I say, met him when uh, he was CEO of Allen Edmonds, and and one of the one of the most wonderful things that he continues to do, no matter where he's gone, is supporting our military personnel. They had great boots and and things that they offered when they were at Al, uh, Allen Edmonds. And now here with the blankets for the military, and uh, and now like partnering with the Minnesota Twins to ha- to support our uh, our hospital heroes and help keep them safe on the front lines. Uh, like I say, in the hospitals and the medical offices up there in Minnesota, and hopefully that continues to spread across the country. And I can't thank Paul enough for everything that he's done for our military, everything he's doing to help lead uh, more jobs to to stay here in the U.S. And then, like I say, for uh, COVID nineteen and and supporting the local hospitals up there in Minnesota—all fantastic things. As they continue to come out with great products, we'll continue to ask Paul to come back and be a part of the show, so you can hear all about it. All right, folks, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks to Joe Daly, Andy Trainer, Tim Cusick, and Paul Grandguard for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, NextontheT.net. On there, you'll be able to see what our guest schedule looks like. And uh, you'll be able to come back and, and check us out. Hopefully, you're making us a part of your uh, your weekly golfing content. And if so, thank you so much for doing so. You can also stream the show on a lot of great sites, podcast.co. Those guys have been absolutely outstanding for helping us grow our, our listenership internationally. We're on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom. If there is a favorite podcasting site, we're probably on it. Folks, thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We know there are a lot of podcasts, a lot of golf podcasts out there that you can listen to. We can't thank you enough for making Next on the Tee one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.